folks good morning good morning my apologies for that little mishap this morning um in the studio i do have some testing accounts so i do have a um a facebook testing account which sometimes i use just to check like audio issues or if we are doing a new feature i will send it to that account so that i don't just have everybody watching while i test off although to be honest sometimes i have to test it and the exact same way that the show goes live. So as you guys know, we've been working on a few mic issues and um, I will have to test that, um, you know, the only way possible, which is a real time simulation. But my apologies for that this morning. But we do have a video coming up that uh, demonstrates how woefully in an inadequate we are as parents and how ill-prepared we are as a community to handle um, some of our issues. And we're gonna be talking about that here in the morning. But of course, I realized that the YouTube feed was not working and I don't wanna leave our YouTube people out because they have actually gotten very, very used to being able to join the show. So Ervalyn, good morning to you, my dear. Good morning, Marshall. Good morning, Donna. So I was saying yesterday that we received some feedback about the program and we're always open to, um, you know, taking the feedback of others and at least taking it under consideration. And one of the things that um, we received as feedback is that maybe we need to stop reading your comments. And I was a little taken aback by this because I always think that I have a pretty good pulse on what is happening in the community and certainly what people like from what they don't like. Just because I have a pulse doesn't mean that I always um, agree with it or think that that's the way forward, but at least I have an idea of how people are feeling because people express to me, to be quite frank, exactly how they're feeling. So um, it was one of those things that I was a little bit taken aback by because I didn't think that people had an issue with your comments. And, you know, we have a group of regulars who comment, let me put it that way. And there are others who will silently sit back and listen to the program and never have anything to say. So when I received this WhatsApp message yesterday, um, I was like, huh, uh, okay. 
Uh, right. And I said to the person, obviously we will ask, well, you know, cause they said maybe a poll would be useful. And I thought, yeah, why not? Um, so thank you so much to Miss Donna, Irvelyn, Sora, uh, Diana's here this morning, Miss Anne-Marie. And the other thing I thought so incredibly peculiar is we were all raised. Well, I don't know about y'all, but I was raised. Aunt Lottie, you better have some manners, child, right? So you say good morning to people. She always used to say um, in the morning when you got up, you know, sometimes, especially as teenagers and stuff, you kind of... Um, just have this screw face on where you're like, uh, I don't want to talk to anybody. You know, you're, you're a kid, but you're in, you're in that mood. You don't quite drink coffee yet. Well, I, I don't drink coffee even now, but you know, you don't drink coffee and all these things. And you're like, just not in the mood. Well, um, I tell you what, at the end of the day, regardless, um, you will find that she would say to you, hello, I didn't sleep with you last night. And I would look at her as, as all teenagers do. And you'd be like, what? And she'd say, yeah, I didn't sleep with you last night. So good morning. And it was just like a stark reminder that yes, you say good morning to people. Even, even when you did sleep with them, you still say good morning to people because that is how we were raised. And um, so we have certain manners about us. So when somebody else said, well, don't read any of the morning greetings or do any of the morning shout outs. I was like a bit taken aback saying to myself, what? You don't want me to say good morning to people? Huh? How does that work? That's so rude. How can you not say good morning to people? So good morning, Judy. Good morning, Miss Alba. Good morning, Merstar. Top of the morning, yes. Where are our manners, folks? Yes, I do my shout outs to Leroy and Beulah and Sheila and Joy and Marit Marit Maritza. Dr. Frank is here, Anthony. But would it be the same if we didn't? Oh, Anthony, we'll talk about that situation a little bit here. But yes, Shelly, what's wrong with us saying good morning? And of course, I can say good morning, everyone. But is it not a little bit nicer? When we say good morning, Abigail, you're looking beautiful today. Yes, Ervalyn. Um, so Ervalyn says, leave the comments here. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Marshall, I'm always interested in seeing what people have to say. Now, one of the features on the system itself that I would love is the automatic, the ability to auto scroll the comments because I literally do have to go through and click all of them, but in a way that also forces me to at least glance at them. If they're super long, I don't always get an opportunity to read them in sufficient detail, but I'm not saying, listen, we have 273 people on right now. And I know this is gonna probably go up to about 400 here in a minute. So I'm not saying good morning to 400 people because 400 people don't say good morning. A lot of them are just silently watching, which is perfectly fine. Anne says that her mom used to do the exact same thing. Yeah, them old people would be like, good morning, miss. Did I sleep with you last night? And you'd be like, uh, good morning, auntie, or good morning, mommy. But it just teaches you manners. You know, I'm always shocked. I can always tell. Um, and I used to do this. It was a little bit of an experiment, really. But I used to do this at the coffee shop. 
I would go when they had Cafe Del Sol there in town. I would go to the coffee shop. Like I said, I don't drink coffee, but I'd get like a cold something or another. And uh, yes, Louis, top of the morning to you. And I would sit there and I would observe people. Now, I told you all already that I love people watching. It's a thing. And I really do enjoy it. Good morning, Richie. Richie says they, you guys love the interactive show. And Ralston says good morning to everybody. So, yes, you know, at the end of the day, um, I would observe people and I would notice without fail that Caribbean people probably 99% of the time would say good morning to people as they came out in and out of the coffee shop. Good morning. Good morning. When you pass them, good morning. Non-Caribbean people, uh, Canada, Europeans, tourists, the U.S., wherever else they were from, good morning, Jasara. They didn't speak most of the time. It was a rare occasion that those individuals would actually say good morning. And I get it. Having lived in the United States of America, where you don't know your neighbors, like literally the people right next door to you, sometimes you don't want to know them because they're probably the serial killer that they've been searching for anyway. But you know what I mean? You don't know people. You don't take the opportunity to get to know people unless your paths really intersect. And um, it just is what it is. I remember, I'm going to tell you guys this a story before we get in the meat and potatoes of the show this morning. When I lived in Tampa, I was still a student. I was going to USF. And I lived in an apartment. And upstairs from me lived um, this couple who happened to be gay. It was uh, two guys. And then the next neighbor was a guy who was obviously homophobic. So one day, I'll never forget, I had just gotten my new puppy and my boyfriend and I were letting the dog outside. So little Oscar was just a teeny little puppy and he was still trying to learn his manners and learn the rules. You know, you go outside to use the bathroom. And so we would have to take him outside frequently. So he went outside and um, of course, you got to keep your dogs on a leash in the U.S. and all this kind of stuff. So we took him outside. He did his little business. But the guy who was homophobic was always messing with the um, two homosexual guys, right? He was always, there was always something popping off and words being said and whatever. And so I didn't really get into it. You know, I would see the interactions. I'd just like roll my eyes and be like, whatever. So one day he got in some sort of trouble where the police had to be called because he was really starting to harass these guys and they called the police. And um, he came to me knocking on my door all of a sudden. This is a neighbor that you never know nothing about because they don't say good morning. They don't talk to you, nothing. All of a sudden he's knocking on my door and he's like, oh, you know, there's a situation with the police and this and that. And so I gave this statement because I think he actually had assaulted them or something. It was something a bit more serious this time, why they call the police, right? And evidently he gave this statement about how, um, no, what really happened was an accident because my dog ran underneath the car and he was trying to help me get my dog. And so now he was coming to me wanting me to lie for him to cover up his bad behavior so that when the police came, 
and asked for my statement, I would cover for him. And you know how that was going to go down. So I'm, letting, I'm sitting here looking at this joker as he's telling me this story. And I'm like, first of all, if you know me, you know my dog not going under no car because the puppy was on a leash. And then I'm like, secondly, I don't like what you've been doing to these people. I think it's mean. You've been bullying them just because you're gay. You don't know them. And thirdly, who the heck are you? You've never spoken to me before, brother. I don't know who you are. And so this was the thing that I sort of thought about yesterday when people said, oh, all the shout outs aren't necessary. Well, you know, we do things a little bit differently on this show in case you haven't noticed. And we believe um, in being very Caymanian. I mean, that's often not a bad thing. And so, yes, I believe in saying good morning to Juliet. Good morning to Cecil. Good morning to Jasara. Good morning, James. Tracy's in the house. Jeff is here. So I don't get to say good morning to everyone, but I think the first few people that log on as we are going through um, the initial comments on the show what would be wrong with saying good morning to them? Good morning, Miss Morna. How was your birthday? This is the Cayman Islands. Good morning. Yes, Abigail, telling people that you love them, that you love having them here. What is wrong with that, folks? I think we need to lighten up a little bit. Good morning, Marshall. Good morning, Karen. Good morning again, Mark. Nathina is here. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Good morning, Leroy. That's why we love to do our birthday shout outs. You know, no other media does birthday shout outs. And this is where I think people miss the point. CMR just isn't another newspaper. Because if we were using that copy formula, we would be just like CNS and we'd be just like the Compass. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with them. Right, Miss Donna? What I'm saying is... The, the very premise for Cayman Mall Road from day one has always been different. And whether you recognize it or not, Charm, are you with me? It has always been community driven. So that is why the integration of our stories, right, always have that additional element of, ooh, well, who is this person? And what have they done? And who are they in the community? Because as Caymanians, guess what? We nosy and we want to know. We be up in people business more than anybody else. Good morning, Tyrone. How are you? Yes. Mark says his mama used to say, fix your face or I'm going to fix it for you. So this is the thing, right? CMR has always, we've, we've always had, we didn't just <laughs> um, march to a different beat. We have created our own beat. We're not business with what the drummer is doing. We're here kind of doing our own thing. And at some level, there's nothing wrong with that. You can be unique and you can be different. And if you're looking for acceptance from people, I think the way to get that, Siobhan, good morning to you, is to just be yourself, right? So there's an element of uniqueness about the platform. So when you see a story, the things that make the story interesting just isn't just the facts, but it's how we interconnect it. So for example, we did a story last night that the Compass is looking for a publisher. Now, what's the big deal? 
yeah, that's kind of boring news. Except that everybody in Cayman knows that the Compass is looking for a work permit renewal. They're not actually looking for a publisher. And this is the same company who fired, let us remind ourselves, over, what was it, 15, 20 people just last year and the year before? Mostly Caymanians have been made redundant. Some people like Miss Karen had been there 40 years, 40 plus years. And it was her entire career. And they've terminated her and they terminated all these other people. But they can pay, this is where the story gets interesting, up to $160,000 a year for a publisher. Okay. That's their business. But the little details that we put in there, is, isn't it interesting how the job description on the works portal actually says that they're looking for someone with 15 years experience? And what do you think? How much experience do you think their publisher actually has? Mm. So interesting that the publisher has 15 years of experience. They don't even try to fool us anymore. I mean, they don't even get that sophisticated, uh, really, <laughs> with their job descriptions. It's like, who wrote that job description? Tailoring it for the existing publisher. What's the point? You might as well not even bother putting the job description um, or advertising it because you know exactly what it is that you want, right? Nonetheless, this is what makes CMR a little bit different. And this is what makes us interesting is because yes, we're gonna put those types of details in a story. So when you hear about um, a crime situation that is going on, we do want to know the who, the what, the when, the where, the, the traditional stuff. But don't you also want to know, well, who is this person? Like legit, who just got arrested for 50 pounds of ganja or whatever? Before, nobody else told you this information. They were like, oh, somebody just got arrested. But guess what? If we know who it is, we're going to name them. It's so simple. Because we know you guys really do want to know. And sometimes you raise an eyebrow at who it is like, oh my God, is that what's really going on in the community? So we're not about being overly polished. That's not our flavor. And I get that not everybody will like anything about CMR. And this is why I always say, folks, the beauty of living in a democratic society is you have options available to you, right? No one is going to force you to do something that you don't want to do. So you don't have to listen to the show. And if you're offended by the fact that we read the comments, good morning, Louis. He says he's met thousands of people by just saying good morning. Um, you would understand that we love our viewer interaction. That's what makes the show interesting. Because trust me, sometimes your comments are, they make me laugh. Sometimes they make me go, oh, oh, what the heck is wrong with you? And they're educational. They're interesting. You guys teach me something every single day. And how the heck would I know that if I'm not reading the comments and we're not interacting in that way? 
Of course, we would love for you to be able to call into the program. We have a call-in option. I'm always reminding people about that. But I also get that a lot of people are just like, you know what? I'm perfectly content with just typing my comments. We'll get there. I feel like we'll get there in terms of the call-in. It's just that people are not quite used to having a platform like this where you can type if you want and you can also call into the program. It's not the traditional phone call, but you just click on the link, which by the way, I'm going to share here in the, in the comment section and you can join the program at any time. Don't be shy because you can turn your camera off. Miss Donna says, continue with the shout outs and comments, Sandy. You're doing a great job. Um, so Kristen says every, almost every Canadian she knows says good morning. Well, I don't know when I was standing up at the coffee shop who was passing by. I just observed that if they weren't locals or Caribbean people by and large, that they really didn't speak. So I can't say I wasn't checking their passports. So I can't say if they were Canadian or American or otherwise. So, um, Kristen point taken. Um, Diane, Diamond Princess Sapphire says they'll give you a little fake smile. Good morning to Wanda. Miss Sue, the ever beautiful Miss Sue is here. And she says, she still says it to her daughters. Good morning. Yes. Good morning from the Bahamas. Thank you, Tommy. Lover International crew. So, uh, yes, Kristen, good morning. Trisha, good morning. Isn't it beautiful to have a warm good morning? I have a Caribbean dog from out of state that has to hug me um, so we can have a good day. Caribbean dog, Louie. Where'd you get him from? Um, so Karen says, agree, Miss Blake. It's not their culture. Uh, in that it's a culture shock experience when they're here. I heard it from British people all the time. They're not used to the mannerisms in the Caribbean. Yes. Like I said, you live next door to someone and you just don't even know people. Here in the Cayman, I talk to my neighbors, at least the ones closest to me. You know, you say hi. Yes, Anna says, buenos dias. Buongiorno. Yes, bring out all the languages. Buenos dias, Daisy. Keisha's here. I am wonderful. Sheldon is here. Good morning. Good morning, Miss Ruby. Janita, good morning. Nathina's birthday is on Saturday. Girls, send us your best, most beautiful photo, and we will definitely give you a shout out. Doreen is here. Um, <laughs> Sue, Sue is a firecracker. Can I tell you, Sue cracks me up. She says, who the hell are these people to ask you um, to do this? No need to change a thing on this show. Well, you know, I think the numbers speak for themselves, really. Uh, like I said, it might be everybody that's happy, but if you got 90% happy, you've got almost 400 people right now. We're up to 378 logging on to the show. Good morning, Lanny. Bless good morning to Sophia. James joining us from Canada. Uh, Nathina agrees that we are nosy bad. And you know what? It's not just us. Human beings are nosy, but most of them don't want to admit it. Here at CMR, we will admit that we're nosy. So when people say, oh, you know, you're in everybody's business, I'd be like, yes, honey child. And your point is? 
Of course we're in everybody's business. That's why it's called Came on My Road. Hunter, Andrea says, what video? Oh, Lord. All right. Um, yes, Mark, it's all about being Caymanian and proud and being unique and different. Good morning, Mitzi. Good morning, Al. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Let's talk about this video. So last night, I got a video of two parents fighting. And this is where I think to myself, it is no wonder. Shout out to our UK crowd. Olafima is joining us from London. I know normally uh, Miss Darlene and a few others joining us in the UK. It is no wonder that our children are so dysfunctional. Because they are being raised by dysfunctional parents for the most part. And so this is where we need some serious intervention, not just of children. So yesterday I went to the program, um, the Passport to Success. I think that's a wonderful program. It's some 16 weeks of intense training where children get to know everything Um, not children, but young adults, interviewing skills, team building skills, you know, just good work life skills, showing up to work on time, how to dress appropriately, how to conduct yourself during an interview, all of these things with the hopes of actually getting them employment. So they had their 33rd cohort yesterday, graduation ceremony, and we were very, very fortunate to attend. If you missed it, please go check out the live stream. I know the audio isn't the best on the live stream, but we're still working on hopefully getting that sorted out. So I had to break the bank, the little um, piggy bank open yesterday and order some new equipment, which I'm hoping will lead to us having a much better live streaming experience from the audio perspective. So the video really isn't the issue, but I think that there is quite a bit of compression that happens when you go live on Facebook that impacts the audio. Because I'm telling you, that exact same scenario, same mic, same everything, if I were to do that without going live, the audio would be perfectly fine. It's the act of going live that somehow does something to it. So we're still playing around with it. Vernice is in New Orleans. What are you doing there? Good for you. So, you know, I see us... Um, trying to do some programs that are beneficial to our young people. And I think that that is wonderful. I love that. And then I look at some of these parents and I think to myself, we need parent-specific programs. So from the time they get pregnant or before, we need to be training them how to discipline their children in more constructive ways. Um, how to handle their own issues because a lot of parents have been through a lot of trauma and that trauma goes from one generation to the next. And once you become a parent, it's no longer about you. It now should be a focus on trying to raise the next generation to be better than you. But honestly, if those people don't have the skills to do it, we can talk until we're blue in the face. And what are you going to do, right? So I genuinely believe that if people know better, they tend to do better. That's I, I give people the benefit of the doubt in terms of that. 
I think what really happens is a lot of people just don't know any better. You know, sometimes we're here talking about Charlotte. Big shout out to Charlotte Rankin from Scotland. Thank you so much. Um, good morning to Miss Marjorie. She says, I like your show. Carry on just like you do. Thank you. So yes, yes. Good morning, Charlotte. So when I uh, see parents doing certain things, I think to myself, they can't have the skills to do any better, honestly. So what I'm going to show you this morning, viewer discretion, I suppose um, I should warn. It's, it's not bad in the sense that there's extreme violence. There's fighting, two parents fighting. But what is more egregious to me is that they're doing so in the presence of several young children and the response of the people around them. This really is shocking and amazing. So Sue, I see your comment about the Compass um, salary. Well, you know, they can afford to pay that, folks, because they make the big bucks over there. <laughs> Somebody said... Um, I read one comment that made me chuckle. This person's like, maybe you need to change jobs um, to someone who is a publisher at Webster County Citizen. He's in Missouri. Um, so Terry said that to, I don't know if that's her friend or whatever, but she's like, oh, look at that salary, 145000 to 160000 You need that job in the Cayman Islands. And that's KYD, folks. Convert that to US dollars, which Dan is from. So say he even starts out at the 145. Um, how much is that in US? That is, hold on now, let me tell you. Let me see. That's $181,000, folks, almost 200 grand, really. Um, that that's nothing to that's nothing to sneeze at. Uh wow. Anyway, let's have a look at this video. Good morning, Clifton, joining us from Oklahoma. Sue says nobody buys the papers anymore. Well, they may not be buying the paper, but people are still advertising with them. Um, even if they're not getting the most value for money, it still is a little bit shocking that people are still paying top dollar with the compass. And that's their right and their prerogative to do so. So yes, they can continue to pay um, top salaries for the people that they keep on board. It's unfortunate though, because like I said, knowing that Caymanians like um, Miss Miss Karen and Miss Jules um, Jules uh, what was Levy Jules Levy Jules Levy, who had been there for oh my God, how many years? I think over forty years. She may have been the longest serving um, writer. And I don't even know what has happened to her. Um, is her is her first name Jewel? Yes. J-E-W. Yeah, I was spelling it incorrectly here. Yeah, Miss Jewel Levy has been at the compass uh, for many, many years. I want to say in excess of 30 years for sure. Actually. 45 years. Take that. So this was back in, I don't know what year this was, but it says 
For 45 years, Jewel Levy, a true born Caymanian from the district of Bardentown, has worked for the Compass. And she's done a lot of community stories and stuff. And, um, you know, as soon as she left John Gray High School back in 1976, she joined the Caymanian Compass as a typesetter after briefly working at the Norwester Group of Publications, which eventually turned into the Compass. And she's done photography for them. I mean, she has been a staple there. Um, but unfortunately, they let her go. She was one of the casualties, which is quite unfortunate. And I don't even know what Miss Jewel is doing, but let's have a look at this video. Um, Charles says, I lost my husband in February, still trying to get used to it. After being together nearly 15 years, it's a task to manage. I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, it's never easy. Miss Morna reminds us, that's right, that she's Miss Twyla Vargas's sister. Miss Twyla has now passed away last year. But isn't that something? Ms. Valda says, I'm proud to say that my Caymanian-born grandchildren live in the UK and their mother refuses to let them fall away from good manners. Even UK people um, that know my grandkids will tell you how impressed they are that they're so well-mannered. Thank you. Thank you so much, Charles. And you know what? I agree with that, Ms. Valda. Um, sometimes even my daughter will go into like a school environment and everybody's like, she is so well-mannered. I'm like, Really? Because to me, she's just doing what she's supposed to be doing. It isn't anything extraordinary, but yet people do find that when children say good morning and they say thank you. And, you know, as a parent, it is constant repetition. Like as a baby, before she could even talk, we taught her a little bit of sign language. And of course, she knew thank you. And we would just reinforce it because sometimes, you know, kids, they want to grab something out of your hand. We go, ah, 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 ah. No, 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 no. That's not how we do it. Hand it back to me, please. And then they look at you like, what? Hand it back to me, please. Because you have got to first set the example. You can't just tell your kids what to do. And when we look at this video, we're going to see why we're failing our children. But words only go so far. So yes, you can tell your children to have manners. But if you're not showing them manners, if you're not being respectful to each other in your homes, in your workplace, in, in your communities, then your children are going to go at some point, but mommy, you tell me one thing, but then you do something completely different. So your actions must coincide with your words. Otherwise you become a person who's completely um, disingenuous. So thank you so much, Clifton. She has been around for a really long time, but unfortunately she's no longer there. Mr. Walton, good morning, King. Joining us from the UK. So let's watch the video, folks, and then we can talk about it. Yeah, all right. Watch for the car. No. I left it to them in the fight, you know. Me not part in them. 
Minute party them. Yes, that's what I'm Yes. I'm not parting them. Because I've been talking to them. Yeah. I've been talking to them. I'm not parting them. Alright, 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 alright. Don't go for the knife. Come, come. Don't go for the knife. Come, two on a cup. Come. Wallace, Mr. Wallace. Lick my fucking baby. Lick my baby again. Sister Nana. I'm not done. 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 Yes, I'm not parting them. I'm not parting them because I've been talking to them. Yeah, I've been talking to them. I'm not parting them. Don't go for the knife. Come, come. Don't go for the knife. Come, two on a cup. Come. Wallace, Mr. Wallace. Folks. I had my video guy um, blur out the face of the baby of the second child um, so that you couldn't see who that child is. But let me just say this. Parents need some serious intervention. We're trying to reach... Now, those poor little children, they're growing up seeing this fussing and fighting and carrying on like a bunch of lunatics, right? And at some point, they then go into schools and how do they resolve conflict? Well, the only thing they've ever been shown and the only thing they know is what you just saw there. It's so ironic that she says the, the argument is about the fact that the other woman hit her child. And then that leads to the two of them fighting right in front of the child. Because you hit my baby. Now, I get that. I don't know what kind of lick the baby took from the other woman, but I get that at some point if someone is hitting your child, you probably will knock them out. But I also listen very carefully to what the man says. I want you to listen to it one more time. Because the man in the background who's kind of almost narrating for us really breaks it down. Listen to what he says. Oh, no, no, I'm done. No, 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 I'm not parting them. Alright, 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 alright. All right. Don't go for the knife. Come, come. Don't go for the knife. Come, two on a cup. Come. Wallace, Mr. Wallace. So, folks, not only is one child being traumatized by this, the second child is then told, who might be a little bit older, but still, still very much a toddler. 
is told to go and get a knife. And you hear what the man, what did you make a man say? He not parting them. He not business with them. Because he, he, he keep telling them to stop. They're always fighting and fussing and carrying on. So he's narrating for us, letting us know that there is a history of this type of behavior. First of all, fighting in front of your children when it's not a matter of life and death, like you're trying to protect your own life, the lives of your children or something like that, like that might require a fight. But what you saw go down there is absolutely ridiculous. We just got a report of something breaking here. Let's see what's going on. Give me a second. I do see. Mm. So there's something happening behind funky tanks and rock hole. Roads are blocked off this morning. So... No. Hmm. Okay. Well, I don't know what's going on there, but um, hmm. we'll keep an eye on that. Okay, so it's bad enough that they're actually fighting in front of the children. But what's even worse is they then seek to get the children involved by telling the child to go get a knife. Any of you surprised? Yes, that's K that is K Sue. That is K-Man. The man narrating is a Jamaican. But those women, listen to them very carefully, are Caymanian women. They are Caymanian mothers with multiple children. I would say that bottom town somewhere about. They might be able to barely speak, Merstar, but they can speak enough to go tell a toddler to go get a knife. This is what we are teaching our children. So should we be surprised when we saw the video that we saw come out earlier this week? when kids are acting out and saying the most and doing the most, I'm telling you, we really shouldn't be surprised. None of that should surprise us. Lennon says that isn't a man because he should step in. He's, he looked like he's sick and tired of the fighting. Zuni says it's sad to see how broken families are in Cayman and they're raising children with no manner, standards, and self-respect. This is the crux, folks, of what is happening in our community. If we want to look at why we have a lot of the issues that we have, just look in the mirror. Parents, bad parents, not all of us, but it is a lot of bad parents. Honestly, they don't care. They're not doing right by their children. And by extension, they are certainly not doing right by the rest of the 
community. Give me one second, folks. I see someone urgently trying to reach me. They obviously don't know we have a show in the morning. Let me just pull up a special advert. Big shout out to our friends over at Miracle Brokers. Miracle Brokers International is Cayman's premier source for all your packing, moving, and logistics needs. Whether it's moving a baby grand piano for a concert or moving halfway around the world, we have you covered with our team of local and international experts. MBI has over 30 years of industry experience and are able to get the job done for you right the first time. Contact us today for all your packing, moving, shipping, and logistics needs at 949-5989 or email info at miraclebrokers.com. Okay, folks, welcome back. Thank you so much for that. So, yeah, I I mean, this is disturbing, right? I'm not crazy, am I? I think everyone is disturbed by this. Everyone recognizes that this is an issue, but I don't know if we're really willing to admit that this happens more often, this type of dysfunctionality happens more often than we are willing to admit. And it's not just what you just saw there that these poor children are having to endure. It is child abuse, physical, sexual, emotional, psychological. It is growing up hungry and not even having a lot of the basics. And someone said yesterday that... At the end of the day, you know, we really shouldn't be too surprised at what is happening with our children because that is just an indication of what is happening in their homes. Good morning, Miss Ravina. David Levy, this is right here in Grand Cayman. I don't know exactly where they're living. Someone else mentioned Bodentown. I don't have the physical address, but believe me, those people are Caymanians. And I've said it before, as Caymanians, we seem to have a lot of issues and then we also import a lot of issues. So when we're going to, get married to a foreigner, which I don't have no problems with. You guys know that already. You got to help the gene pool a little bit. It's like, yeah, I'm married all Caymanians. But even when we do that, what do, what do a lot of us go pick up? The undesirables. Let's be quite frank here. You don't pick up nobody with better sense than you, with common sense, with hard work ethics, with nothing. Which I guess if you're acting like a hoodlum, you're not, you're not going to really attract much of anything anyway. But we pick up the worst of the worst. All these marriages of convenience just because we want a few dollars. So it's unfortunate that this is what's happening. And I see 
um, a lot of the degradation of our communities, of our families. And a lot of it has to do with, and that sector isn't shrinking. Like our goal as a community, we've always had dysfunctional families. Believe me when I tell you. The goal should be that those sectors, because of community projects, um, counseling, you know, just all of the access to more information and resources that are available to parents. Like I said, if you know better, you should do better. But those programs either don't exist or the form in which they exist, they're not reaching the right people. Like if you're a teenager, let me be very, very clear here. If you're a teenager or even in your early 20s and you get pregnant, you could be married, whatever. Parenting classes should be a requirement, not optional. Cayman isn't that big for us to continue to fail our children. Like we don't have that many Caymanian children here. Like how hard can it be? Well, it is hard when you have all of these social issues that are simply not getting addressed. We need severe intervention. You know, when you are an addict, right, and you go into intervention project, they have to immerse you deep to really get you the kind of help that you need. And I feel the same thing applies to bad parents. We need programs that are available to these individuals. Now, listen, the vast majority of our community that is extremely at risk are also NAU clients because they are suffering in other ways. So the the dysfunction spreads to they need financial help to be able to survive. So NAU and DCFS, which is the Department of Children and Family Services, do try to work closely together, but they need to make that relationship a lot closer and more of a mandatory one. So when you enter, just like how they have the program that we went to the graduation for yesterday, um, Passport to Success, we need to have a passport to parenting program. So we catch you when you're pregnant before you have the baby. Because from day one, you got to have certain life skills as a parent. We catch you when you come into NAU and you apply for any NAU services. Because the support and the help that we should be offering these families is not just of a financial nature. So Charles says, everyone has arguments. However, I think everyone can agree that when you introduce a knife, that's way beyond bad. Well, when you start fighting with the neighbor in front of the children, that's probably way beyond bad too, because then it escalates to wanting the knife. It escalates to wanting a gun or whatever else is handy. But yeah, she actually told the child to go get a knife. That's that's crazy. Dacia, good morning, my dear. How are you? Yes, Dacia says, then they want to blame government and the teachers and everybody else. No, parenting is definitely 
the number one issue here, folks. There is no two ways about that. But I do think that um, Clinton, I think, I think so. I do think that government has an obligation to offer these parents the support that they need. And like I said, this isn't about financial support. This is about counseling and parenting classes. They live in Belfort Estate, says Iva. I know exactly where it is now. So they need help, conflict resolution for themselves. You know, parents want to beat children all the time. And the only reason they normally want to beat children is because they themselves don't know how to sit down and have a conversation with a child where they can convey to them, don't do this and don't do that. Yes, there are consequences. I'm not saying make your children run around like crazy monkeys. Of course, there are consequences, but the consequence doesn't have to be violence because violence beget violence, folks. So when you beat children, they get the message that the only way I can be controlled in life is for somebody to beat me. And by extension, the only way for me to control other people is for me to beat them. And you wonder why we have so much violence in our communities. Well, it starts from day one. We're taught that violence is the answer. So, folks, we can do better. Our government can do better. And we have to really ensure that the bar is raised. This behavior is not acceptable. Now, you think in, I'm not even going to say 10 years, because say, say the little children, say that little child is four years old. 10 years, definitely going to be trouble. But even before then, the signs will be there. Thank you, Miss Carol. She says this is exactly what Dr. Frank keeps telling us. The rooster has come home, and we're nowhere near ready to deal with the issues. Oh, Alma says that man is the landlord. Now that I know where it is, I think, Alma, you're right. And um, maybe he's just sick of these tenants going on like a bunch of lunatics as well. I know exactly where it is now, Iva. Yep. I know exactly where those parents are. What a mess. Tasha says when parents normalize inappropriate behaviors, whether violence or sexual or otherwise, the children don't understand when society penalizes them for that same behavior. Yes. And that's the problem. That is their norm. And it's sad. Right? Now, what do you think government's response to this is going to be? Well, the MASH unit and DCFS should be investigating this situation. But all they're going to do is call them in and say, um, if you don't stop fighting, we're going to arrest you, maybe. They might take the kids for a little bit, but then they don't have any real proper foster parenting system, hardly. So they're going to just throw them right back to the wolves. You think they're going to offer these parents any counseling or conflict resolution? I'm just wondering, you think? Can we please do so? So we can be outraged at the situation all we want, 
But like I said, if you know better, you do better. If you don't know better and you don't have the life skills, society has placed these expectations on you. What are you going to do? That's my question. Mark says, Sandy, to be honest, it's not bad parenting. A lot of this happens to do with broken homes, single moms and no fathers, working two to three jobs to make ends meet. That's part of the problem. And this is why for years I've lost count at the number of conversations that I have had about the problems with even being a single parent, the difficulty that creates for you. Now, a lot of people, a lot of young people always used to say, oh, Miss Sandra got something against young parents. No, honey child. What I do know from a research perspective, from an educational perspective, from a common sense perspective, is raising children requires support financially and otherwise. And if you do not have the support, it is difficult for you to be a productive person in this community and to raise respected and respectable children who themselves will become productive members of society. It takes a village, but the village no longer exists. And if the village is there, the village is so dysfunctional and so broken that let us be very honest here. The village is now hurting the children and not helping. That's what is really happening. So when you bring a child into those circumstances where you're not ready, you're going to get no financial support, emotional support, or any other sort of support, from the fathers, because they're just going around dropping sperm like, you know, when you plant seeds, they just all over the place with it. How is that situation going to be beneficial to you and your children, the future generation of Cayman? Deadbeat fathers. We are condoning that situation silently on so many levels, honestly. We're not telling young children, young girls, don't be going out there getting pregnant for that deadbeat boy. He's not going to stay with you. Let's have an honest conversation, young lady. You can have 20 children for him. He can still be out there having another 20 with somebody else. He don't want you. This is just about a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And if you get pregnant in the process, that pregnancy and that child will be your obligation. And it is what it is. Clinton, I believe they are generational Caymanians. We, we import a lot too, but yes, I believe that they are. So this is what I'm talking about, right? This level of... lack of parenting skills and everything, it starts from early. And a lot of those young girls, you see, it's a, it's a, it's a cycle, a cyclical thing. A lot of those young girls are out there engaging in sexual activity and having sex early for 
a lot of reasons that you can pinpoint. They themselves are looking for love in all the wrong places. They themselves grew up in a household with probably just the one parent trying to struggle. And they're looking for that daddy figure that they never had. So if they find it in some little teenage boy who claims that he loves them and just wants a jump on and jump off, they're going to take it. That's why their self-esteem is low. Because they didn't have a man in their life telling them, don't ever allow any man to treat you like this. You are worth more than this. You are worth more than saying on a video, talking foolishness about how many inches and where's the best place you have given a BJ. Let's break it down here, folks. Those young girls could only engage in that conversation if they don't know their value in this world. Sure, Rainbow says, Sandy, your facial expressions be the best. I love you too much. Listen, the truth can't hide. Honestly. Sure, Rainbow says, I would cry if my internet fails me one morning not to watch you. Well, don't worry. You can always go back and watch it later, you know. Punctus, good morning. So, yes. But the problem is, Vernice, Ven Venice, sorry. Um, by that point, it almost becomes too late. When they're when the fathers already did their farming, what are you gonna do? I see some of these young boys out there with 10 children. How much can you help him right now? Okay, well, you can probably help him not to have another 10. Yes. But the mindset that got him there in the first place. You gonna go around having unprotected sex with 10 different women. You not reach 30 yet. And we know men can go straight up until they ate it producing kids. It's like, Lord Jehovah, do you not understand the situation that you are creating with these bag of children that you cannot even assist really? It is disturbing. And it concerns me. So I'm not picking on single mothers because trust me, I myself come from a broken home. So I understand the struggles. I understand the situation all too well. And what I'm telling you is the chances of even one of those children making it out of the 10 is astonishing. This is, this is the sad part now. Let me just break it down on a very personal level. I don't sit here in judgment of anyone. I sit here as someone who, as a child, as a product of dysfunctional environments, fully get it and fully understand. And I understand how it impacts you on so many different levels. And what I'm trying to say to you is that you can break the cycle. It's not easy, but you can break the cycle. And it starts, young people, with the decisions that you start to make very early on. 
Don't bring a child into this world because you are trying to find love. Gabby makes the point that a lot of people or a lot of young girls in particular are promiscuous because of sexual abuse. And that's absolutely correct as well. That is a way in which they act out. And again, trying to find the right kind of love and thinking that the only asset they have to offer a man is between their legs. And it's sad. But once again, we as parents are not even given our children the opportunity to grow up being confident, whole people that are not already broken by the time they reach 14, 15, 16 years old. So it's no wonder that teenage pregnancy is a problem. We grew up in families where children have been rejected by multi-generational parents. And you see now, this is the truth that none of us really want to talk about. But we're going to talk about it here this morning. And there's so many cases of this happening. Where children have grown up, now the father is in his 50s and 60s and well-respected member of community. But let us look back in time and see what happened. When you had that child 30, 40 years ago, some of them had the child before they were married or whatever. And they never acknowledge the child. They don't acknowledge your children to this day. And you don't think that your children are going to grow up dysfunctional, boys and girls. I was just talking about a young man yesterday. And people in the family are like, oh, well, as aunts and uncles, we loved him. We gave him everything he wanted. You know, we were there for him. And I said, listen, let me make it very, very clear. There is nothing in the world that can replace the love of a parent, a mother or a father. Even when you have surrogates there. And yes, there are people who act as foster parents and they do their best. That child would always have a yearning for their real mommy and their real daddy regardless of the circumstances. Yes, you could have given them the best life, but it is part of us as human beings. We have this like innate thing in us where we want to know that the people that we came from, the people that gave us birth and produced us are the ones who love us the most. And when they fail you, when they are unable because of their own issues, drug addiction, being in abusive relationships, whatever issues they may have, when they are unable to show you love, it almost doesn't matter where else you can get it from. Isn't that sad? At some level, you're going to be damaged. As a community, we owe it to these children to ensure that that damage, because you can't undo what's already done, so the most that we can do is take some corrective measures and try to minimize that damage as much as possible. So that's why fostering aunts and uncles, people who are not dysfunctional being in that child's life is really important because those children get to have that moment where they go, huh, not everybody's crazy. Not everyone is dysfunctional. 
And so they get to see something else. And that's important. Because if this is all those two children are going to see their entire lives, you know what kind of hot mess they're going to be? Primary school teachers in year one and two. Tell me on a regular basis, Sandy. We can predict 99.9% which of the children are going to end up in Northward, preteen pregnancy, and have a life full of issues, drug addiction and otherwise. You know why it's predictable? Because in 99% of the cases, they are coming from dysfunctional homes and dysfunctional environments. It's that simple. So if it is that simple for teachers who see these children in their classrooms to identify who the at-risk children are from year one and two, why is it that we don't have a more aggressive intervention program in place? I'm just asking. Seems to me like that would be common sense, wouldn't it? We see the issues at the earliest stage. Childcare providers, education, employees, administrators, teachers, so on. They see the problems from early on in primary school. They can identify with almost 100% accuracy who those children are. Wow. Can you imagine? You can identify a problem years before it exists. All you have to do is put measures in place to fix it and to address it. But that's the hard part. Identifying a problem is often the easiest thing in the world to do. Miss Darlene says, Sandy, a lot of Caymanian mothers has smothered and babied their boy children too much. And thus the results of so many boys the way that they are. Well, that's a fact. I have seen it with my own two eyes where the boys in this community are held to a very different standard. And even when they're out there doing wrong, even when they're out there beating women, being abusive towards women, having all these 50 million children, the mother's still there defending them. Oh, but my son is such a good boy. No, he's not. He's a deadbeat dad. He doesn't want to work. And when he works, it's kind of hard to support 10, 15 children on that salary because he doesn't have a proper education. He has nothing. He's not a businessman. He doesn't want to get a good trade that's going to pay him because he won't stay in jobs long enough. So yeah, a lot of the parents, like I said, are the problem. And part of the problem continues even into adulthood because we have people in the community who are enabling these individuals right? We're enabling them by thinking that the behavior is funny. It's cute. Oh, he got another child on the way. Child number 11. And you're so proud as a grandmother to stick that up on your social media. Child, please go sit down. Honestly, go take not two seats. Go take about five seats. You shouldn't be glorifying the fact that this man can't keep his little diddly widdly in his pants. Another child, that, like, honestly, when I see some of these social media posts, you know me, child. I'd be like, oh, let me scroll a little bit quicker because I cannot believe that this person having a child again. And I can't believe the people who are so stupid, the girls who are so stupid to get pregnant by them, knowing that this is baby number 15. 
And they'd be acting like, like they'd be so proud taking a picture of this baby bump. Oh, we're going to have a baby shower. Look at my baby bump. Oh, he's the best daddy. Uh-huh. Wait till the child pump comes pumping out. And in a couple of years, tell me if he's the next daddy after he's moved on from you and gone to the next one. And some of these foolish girls, right? I'll be seeing your Instagram. I'll be paying attention. You be laughing when he's talking smack about other girls and other baby mama drama. Huh? But you wait till it's your turn. Who gonna be laughing at you? See, this is the stupidity that's happening right here in the Cayman Islands. And yes, these are multi-generational Caymanians. We can't blame that on nobody else. Louis, the truth doesn't hide, but the lies are growing with fertilizer. So we need to be truthful with ourselves first and water that seed of truth from within. Dr. Frank, the church should be teaching exactly what you're teaching, Sandy, and perhaps we might save our children. Your level of knowledge is supported uh, my reports we have access to for decades here in Cayman by reports. The challenges are obvious, but the government does not have, sorry, but the government does nothing because we do not depend on our people to reproduce labor and skills so the people have no economic value. Mm, that's deep. Discontinue work permits, and then you will create an economic motive for solutions. Wow. See how so many things are connected? Uh, Clifton says, what got lost in all of this is an adult hit a child that is not hers. I would want to know more about that part of the situation, why she felt she needed to hit another person's child. Why did she hit the child and was the child hurt? Those are all very good questions, Clinton. And trust me, my mind did go um, to that situation as well. Like what kicked this off? Because you can see the mother. Let's have a look at it again to hear exactly what she says. But you see her at the beginning of the video, basically saying, what, why did you hit my child? I hit my child again, kind of thing, right? Now the children in question, it seems to be that they are very, very young. And I don't believe anybody should be hitting children, not even their own parents. Cause trust me, like I said, they're not equipped to be doing any kind of disciplining in terms of that either. But it does make you wonder why was the child hit by this other woman? Who's a big woman? She's a sizable woman. So why did she hit the child? And why does she think that she has a right to hit anybody's child for that matter? Lick my baby again. Lick my baby again. Lick my baby again. Yeah, been talking to them. Me not parting them. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Don't go for the knife. Come, come. Don't go for the knife. Come, two on a cup. Come. Wallace, missing Wallace. So, anybody else see how quickly the little child was following instructions? When, um... 
the mother said, go get the knife. The little girl was actually heading to go get the knife. So there's a lot of questions that definitely come out of this, without a doubt. Clifton, you're absolutely right. Why was she hitting the child? What was that all about? Rose says this is making Caymanians look bad because the expats are laughing at us. Well, you know what? They're laughing at us when we sit down and pretend like nothing's going on in this country. Why are we always hiding the underbelly of Cayman under this proverbial rug when it's pretty close to the surface, you know? No one ever wants to talk about it. Well, you know what I say? If you don't want to talk about it and you don't want to hear about it, then this is not a show for you. Because the name of this show is The Cold Heart Truth. If you don't want the truth, no matter how ugly, go find something else to watch. Pretending like it doesn't exist, hiding it is not the way to address the issues. You never resolve anything by hiding from it. Mr. Walton says, I keep repeating myself. We need a life skills program for one and all to use in parents, teachers, churches, etc." We all need to agree that all children are at risk and not just single parent children. Well, I agree with that too. But some are more at risk than others. And those at the highest risk are the ones who grew up in situations like this, watching this sort of thing go down. And people saying, go get a knife to resolve this situation to little baby. She looks like she's maybe three, four years old. And you know, the life skills um, has to continue beyond what you do like a one-off. You just go to one session. This has to be ongoing all the time, once a week. Once a month, something. There has to be some level of consistency. Alma, um, I don't know who Alma is referring to. She says, this young lady curses my nephews out and hits him. Which, which young lady are you referring to? You're saying that one of the young ladies is, you know her. Her husband was arrested yesterday. Which of the two young ladies are we referring to? I don't really know. Um, so, Janolia, skills are learned. At an institution or school, you don't place an unexperienced person in a job, especially if they're putting them in a senior position. A lot of them do not want to work their way up. Just like parenting is a learned skill too. Otherwise, we continue to be all dysfunctional. So Bonnie says, yes, they were arguing, but who pushed who first for attacking another neighbor? What a mess. Clearly, that situation, they need help. Uh, Mark, replying to somebody else about the foreigners laughing at us, he says they can't laugh when they themselves are killing their neighbors for putting snow in their yard. Well, I mean, listen, the U.S. has, um, they had another uh, mass shooting this week. And um, so far for 2021, 
listen to me very carefully. For 2021, we're just in the month of May. There have already been 11 mass shootings across the United States. Oh, my bad. That was over the weekend. There were at least 11 mass shootings across the U.S. this weekend, and the date on this is May the 12th, which was yesterday. Do you hear what I just said? There were at least 11 mass shootings in the country, the big United States of America, over the weekend that combined left at least 17 people dead and 35 wounded. So they have their own issues. We're going to largely let them work on it. Let me put the link here so you can see that for yourselves. No country should be laughing at anybody for anything because, listen, we're all in this hot mess of a world together. And we all are trying to fix our issues kind of one by one. Let me show you another one. Speaking of issues around the region, you know, none of us need to be laughing at each other because, like I said, we are in this hot mess of a situation together. So Cayman might be fortunate in some ways. And um, in other ways, we have a lot of issues. Allow me to give you yet another example of how regionally, and if you don't think regional issues impact us, I invite you to look at the trickle-down effect, which happens very, very quickly. So hold on. There's more to prove what a hot mess of a world we are all living in at this particular time and, quite frankly, have always lived in. And so when we want to live in a bubble, because we're living in one right now, we're in the COVID bubble, but we're going to talk about how the COVID bubble soon bursts, you know, we want to ignore things that are happening in other jurisdictions, such as the U.S., Jamaica, other Caribbean countries. When we do Caribbean Wednesdays here, we're going to get back to doing those soon. People are like, why is she covering Caribbean news? We don't care about the Caribbean. Your platform is called Cayman Mall Road. And I sit here shaking my head. I'm like, Lord Jehovah. Some of our people ain't got no sense. Yes, it's Cayman Mall Road. And 97% of what we publish is all Cayman news. But if you don't understand and if you don't get the fact that what happens in the region and in the world around us has an almost immediate impact living in the 21st century. Okay, you guys been watching what's going on with the gas situation after the pipeline had a ransomware attack? Now, mostly you'd be like, I don't know nothing about ransomware. I don't care about ransomware, blah, blah, blah. But you know what you're going to care about? When the gas prices, the increase hits us, Y'all going to be crying at the tanks. You see these photos of Americans filling up everything possible. I've seen it all. And then that's when you're going to care. But unfortunately, you know, that's kind of when it's too late. You got to pay attention to what is happening in the world and right here in the Cayman Islands. So there've been some crazy pictures of 
people filling up all their gas, the little um, gas containers. Because now we're looking at a potential gas shortage. And that gas shortage means what? We all in trouble. People are hoarding gas. First it was toilet paper last year, and now it's the gasoline. We don't live in a bubble. Things matter. Things that are happening politically and otherwise outside of these four little corners that we call the Cayman Islands matter. Here's a very interesting footage of what went down yesterday. I'd like to start by commending the men and women of Portland for the tremendous work that they have done in the interception of this vehicle and the recovery of the 18 firearms. These 18 firearms include 10 pistols, 5 revolvers, 2 shotguns, 1 intratech submachine gun, 1,279 rounds of assorted ammunition, and 11 magazines. This is as a result of, as I said before, tremendous work, uh, a show of patience and tenacity by the men and women of Portland. We were acting on intelligence that uh, these guns were coming in from Haiti. As a result, we started an operation from last night. We are certain that this is a part of the drug gun for drugs trade and uh, we are now realizing that it's alive and well and so this would have then put a great a big dent in the in that operation 18 guns is a large cache of arms and, and as such really and truly i think the police ought to be highly commended for the work Wow, did you guys see the ammunition on that table? I don't even know where Portland is in Jamaica, but yes, that is what's popping off. Did you guys see the guns and the ammunition on the table? Drug for guns? There's a trade between Haiti and well-known route between Haiti and Jamaica where they're constantly fighting the drugs coming into that country. That's why when I see our young people laughing at the fact that we have um, canoes here, drug canoes coming in, right, on a regular basis into this jurisdiction. Now, the route is mostly from Jamaica to Cayman. They were trying to do some from the U.S., to Cayman and refrigerators and all sorts of stuff. But the Americans look like they want to keep all the guns for themselves. We don't have no problem with that. Make them keep it. But the point that I'm trying to make here, folks, is at the end of the day, right? These are issues that impact all of our lives. When the drugs come into Cayman from Jamaica and elsewhere, who we might be a transit point, but some of it is obviously staying in this jurisdiction as well. Who do you think is impacted by that? All those weapons that you see laid out 
on that table. Right? When we get drugs here, who do you think the guns, the bullets, who do you think is going to get their hands on those? That's Caymanians. And we are, Clinton talks about the countries with the highest murder rates per capita. The number one country, I don't know about this year yet, or I should say the statistics for 2020, but the number one country is actually Jamaica. Not, my apologies, Honduras. Jamaica might be in the top 10. Uh, I don't know exactly where they are at the moment, but the number one country is actually Honduras. And again, I'm not picking on Honduras and I'm not picking on Jamaica. I'm just telling you the facts. We're importing people from Honduras, you know, Cayman and men love anything with straight hair, whether real or not. And so they bring in all sorts of people. They don't know their background. They don't know that they're former gangsters, that they're current gangsters. We don't even know. Right now, there's a story floating around that this Cuban guy, Javier, who's been causing havoc here, is actually a spy. Y'all know, y'all know nothing about that? And there's been an expose by an American guy. I'm trying to get him on the program, but he don't speak no English. So I'm trying to work that out. Yes, big gun busts in TNT on April the 23rd. So all of these things, I'm telling you all. are things that we need to pay attention to and we need to be aware of because this is the information, folks, that is going to help us to make better decisions. Like, we need that fingerprinting system, CBC. Put it in place. We need to be closely vetting and monitoring who we allow in this country because we are allowing all sorts of tricksters, people with a criminal history already. SEMA. We're letting them in and letting them set up businesses, companies, and doing the most when they already have a record elsewhere in the jurisdiction. Hmm. Even financial crimes and fraudsters. A lot of them have a record already. And what do we do? Come to the Cayman Islands, dear sir, just because you got a couple million dollars. We don't care how you got it. And do the most. Rip people off. That's, that's what we are doing, folks. And we are doing ourselves... Uh, our financial services and our general livelihood, a real disservice by not addressing those issues as well. So social issues are important to address. Absolutely. But we cannot turn a blind eye to all the other ills that are happening around us in the name of money. Clinton says last year it was El Salvador. They're always in the top. They're always competing. Um, it used to be... Um, Pedro, um, what was it called? San, um, oh. uh, hold on, let me tell you. What's, a, what's um, 
of the world. I don't know if the stats are out. Murder capital of the world for 2020. Mexico is another hot spot. I mean, they're they're just ridiculously crazy. Um, so it looks like it depends on what source you're looking at. If you're looking at city or country, but Mexico is uh, definitely at the top of the list. Um, but all of the countries, El Salvador, Honduras, Venezuela. So it looks like according to World Population Review, El Salvador now edges out Honduras, which is interesting because Honduras was in the top spot. And then we have Venezuela. And we are surrounded by these countries. Let's be very, very honest. And for the most part, that is where we are importing people in. So according to the World Population Review, here are the top countries with the highest murder rates. El Salvador, Honduras, Venezuela, the U.S. Virgin Islands. Jamaica is in the number five spot. Lesotho, wherever the heck that one is. That sounds like, is that Africa? I got to look that one up. Belize is number seven. St. Vincent and the Grenadines is number eight. St. Kitts and Nevis, Nevis is number nine. And South Africa is number 10. Hmm. The prevalence of gangs in El Salvador and Honduras contributes to their high murder rate, among other factors. Corruption of Venezuelan authorities, poor gun control, and flawed justice system has led to the country's high murder rate, despite a private gun ownership ban in 2012. By comparison, the countries with the lowest, the top 10 with the lowest murder rates, Japan, Singapore, China and Hong Kong, Luxembourg, Indonesia, Norway, Oman, Switzerland, United Arab Emirates, and China. Now, isn't it ironic when you look at those lists, where are the most of our people come from? The top 10 countries with the highest murder rate or the 10 with the lowest murder rate? Mm, isn't that amazing in terms of what we import as well? And I'm sorry to say, but this is where we need to start looking at some policy. Hmm. Yep. But we throw the borders open, direct flights. Every single day, bring, on, bring them in from Honduras. Remember when we were bringing in gang members and we didn't even know it? This 13, whatever they call themselves, they had all the tattoos and markings. And we had no clue until people from Honduras were sitting here going, why is that person walking the streets that came in and came in? I don't know. You know how many criminals we have here that we brought in? And listen, it doesn't matter to me, San Pedro, thank you, Darlene. It doesn't matter to me where they're from. A criminal is a criminal. So you guys have heard me talk about the Canadian, what what I um, tongue-in-cheek call, because somebody else calls them this, and I think it's kind of interesting, the maple leaf, maple syrup, is it maple syrup? No, maple leaf mafia. Because we bring in some of them that we know 
or into the laundering of money. They don't come here with pants to pull up and next thing you know, they own all kinds of businesses and doing the most. And anybody with half a brain can see what that's all about. Thank you, El Ray. Thank you, Miss Darlene. Al says, speaking of ignoring the elephants in the room, where the guns, where the guns made, it's always the smaller countries that the light shines on the irony of things. Gabby, it's all about policy, really. And um you know, what is in place in terms of that. Folks, very, very interesting conversation today. Um, I, okay, so I have an interview this morning with the governor. Yay, CMR finally gets to interview the governor. We finally get an audience. Isn't that wonderful? And we will be um, going over there a bit later on this morning. In the meantime, I must go and attend to some customers because some bills got to get paid. So I will be doing that first. Big shout out, um, by the way, in case you are um, a dish, um, it's Dish Network. Um, customer, and now you're finding yourself in a little bit of a situation because one of the providers is shutting down here on island. You can get some help. What's up? 926-1213 and Roke can tell you all about the world of streaming. We are your streaming experts, Roke says. The information makes you knowledgeable, and we definitely have the information about how you can open up the world of possibilities, good folks. Stop overpaying for content. There are other options available to you. Miss Sue, thank you so much for your comments. Thank you to Ervalyn and Gabby Clinton. Yes, the MS-13s. Thank you so much, Clinton. You're, you're a breath of... Uh, Breath of fresh air for sure, and um, a plethora of information in that head of yours. Even when I can't remember it, Clinton's like, I got you. National identification card would be great. It's a start. So, um, oh, yes, Elizabeth, thank you for that reminder. Ooh, Elizabeth, looking for hot tea this morning. Well, let's end it on that note. You know, the drama never ceases. So, yes, we went to court uh, because we were actually summoned to court. So we got this email. I told you guys about it yesterday in relation to this um, alleged robbery. And we were summoned to court and we showed we were the only media there because we know they're actually only talking about us. But when the alleged did reply to them and said, I ain't got no time for no court. I'm busy because the police are having a press conference at the exact same time that you guys are requesting us to come to court. So thanks, but no thanks. Um, and then she went on to say, would you be kind enough to forward the order made by the judge relating to the restrictions in this case? Well, I'm glad to tell you the compass didn't reply um, to the email, but I am glad to say that there are no restrictions in place. So we showed up 
Al Ray, I see you there, you little cheeky thing. Um, we showed up and, you know, the irony of it is the lawyer spoke to me beforehand and I was like, hmm. I said, well, this will certainly be a very interesting application. Because what I find that happens sometimes is that people put in uh, applications about what other people are saying about them and what other people are publishing when they themselves are their own worst enemy. And they themselves are publishing the most that makes them look bad. Like some of these alleged criminals, they worry about what the uh, paper is saying. Go and look at their own social media pages. And then you'd be like, mm, really? Anyway, the lawyer, Miss Kathleen Ryan, stood up and said that she uh, had gotten instructions from her client and they had only actually been communicating in WhatsApp. And um, there was not an in-depth you know, review of what her client was saying. However, as a lawyer, you have an obligation to advise your client and to look into things yourself, although half of them don't do it. But Ms. Kathleen Ryan said that she then um, started to have a look at what was being alleged to be a problem. And she has decided to withdraw her application. Yes, honey gel. She was withdrawing her application to have this media restriction put in place. So initially what her client had said is that she wanted this restriction to be put in place in order to um, have articles taken down that CMR had previously written apparently about the matter and to also prohibit us from being able to report on the case when the case is actually unfolding. And that is a very unusual and what many people would consider draconian request. In other words, tying the hands of the media to report on a live case as it is happening is quite a restriction to even consider requesting. And I don't think that the court uh, looks kindly at those types of things. Even, you know, with my own case, Darlene Oku was trying to prevent same sort of mentality um, she was trying to prevent us from reporting on what was being said and always claiming that, oh, this is the issue, that's the issue. And at one point, the judge was like, there's nobody else here reporting on the case. So if CMR doesn't report it. Yes, we understand that they are you know, involved, but if they don't report it, who else is going to report it? So to put a restriction in place where we prohibit them from reporting it doesn't seem to be the thing legally, the right thing to do. And so the judge had at that time denied her requests. This is the same lady who's now head of the, um, she's legal counsel for the legal aid department in the judiciary. How ironic is that? Uh, Darlene Oku from Saskatchewan. No, she's from Nova Scotia. So yes, uh, it, it's not often that a lawyer will request no reporting. There she is. There's Darlene. In case you apply for legal aid, she's the lawyer advising that department now. Someone was asking, is that a demotion or a promotion? I said, no, 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 no. That's definitely a promotion for her. So um, 
the judge didn't even have to consider the application yesterday because the lawyer withdrew it. She said it's upon a deeper analysis of the situation and a further reflection of what had actually been posted. Uh, she came to the conclusion that the material on the website um, would not actually prejudice her client because it's going to be a jury trial. And um, it would be fair, you know, um, to say that that is no longer an issue. So the judge just wanted to confirm what she was hearing, which was basically that the application would not be made. She was abandoning the application. So good news is the trial starts on Tuesday and we can certainly report on it. Now, where we do have to obviously be careful is as it relates to um, as it relates to any opinions that might be shared. So, because it is a jury trial, you always have to be careful that you know if I say something, it could potentially sway a jury or something like that. I don't think that that's the case. But during the trial, we will only be reporting on the facts. It's a very different world that we live in now in terms of how cases are, um, you know, the access that people have to information on these sorts of things. Uh, oh gosh, I just accidentally sent, I've accidentally sent a um, message to, um, please ignore. Okay. So, folks, thank you so much for tuning into the program this morning. I don't know what that police presence was in those two areas, but as soon as we have additional information, um, we will see how that goes. Uh, someone said that I told the last government that there should be a requirement for NAU customers to take a financial management course as well. I absolutely agree a thousand percent. Yes, that should be a requirement. Why not? Um, okay, folks, that's all she wrote. Thank you so much, Jade. Yes, that's the scoop. We will be reporting uh, the trial starts if there are no delays on Tuesday. There's quite a bit more that happened as part of what's called a case management hearing. But apparently media isn't permitted because that's more like, um, that's more, what would we call that now? That is um, like internal stuff. Like the judge is trying to figure out, okay, where we are with this case. And the lawyers will say, okay, this is what I need. This is what's needed. This is, I'm waiting on this document. I'm waiting, you know. So normally you don't uh, report on those things. Not for public consumption. But I think you can still show up. I don't think um, case management hearings are closed. You can still show up and, and listen to them. Hmm. Um, Clinton, I need to check in with him to see what is going on with his situation, to be honest. And perhaps we can do that very, very soon. Okay. That's all she wrote. Good, folks. I appreciate you tuning in to the program as always. I wish you all a uh, beautiful and safe day, and uh, we'll be talking again in the morning. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Cold Hard Truth. Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at CaymanMarlRoad.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings. 